It's a good show. Hi, this is Mary Lalore, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Putting questions to the songs we will randomly Select here with the help of our friend Synchronicity Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake This is the Radio 8 Ball Show Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here at the Recording Company in Boston, Massachusetts, with our musical guest, Steve Smith. Hey! And the return of the fabulous J.J. Gonson. Hi. Hey! J.J. has brought Mr. something, Percussion. has brought a uh, little... Uh, it's like a ritual libation to start this pop oracle divination off. It's some rye whiskey, I, I imagine, taken from the bar at once. Hell no. 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 <laughs> Hell no. No, this is from your own private stash. You know what? This is Ryan and Wood. It's from Cape Ann. It's local. Ryan and Wood. Yeah. From Cape Ann. From Cape Ann. Okay. So good. Well, so good, isn't it? Cheers to, to you. All right, you ready? You're going to yes. drink it? Yeah. And then the listening audience is going to imagine this sweet caramel burning. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That, that is good. That is a very good whiskey. Mm -hmm. You know this, JJ? I worked for eight years as a bartender. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Eight years behind the stick. It was rough. Yeah. It, it was it was kind of it was kind of glamorous. It felt uh -huh. kind of exciting at the beginning. Yeah. In um, my kitchen we call this dishwashing liquid because we drink it before we wash the dishes. I love it. I love it. So, well, for listeners who didn't tune in and why I don't know why you didn't to the Mary Lou Lord episode, JJ joined us for that. JJ has kind of been in some ways kind of a patron saint of this whole trip. You know, I like the idea of saint. Uh, 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 mama bear. A mama bear. Thank you. <laughs> Has been a mama bear to this to these this series of Radio 8 Ball sessions here in Boston. She told me about the record company. She introduced me to Steve Smith. And then, of course, she came into the to do the Mary Lou Lord show and gave me the opportunity to go on a sort of a, a rainy pilgrimage walk this week. I went I my mom recently moved to Watertown. I she used to live in Belmont. And I had a plan on the last episode. JJ told us about her photography exhibit at the, the Dietrich, Dietrich Gallery. Gallery. Yeah. And that's in. Harvard Square, and I was in Watertown, and I remember when I was a teenager, I used to walk from Belmont to Harvard Square all the time, so I decided, I'm just going to walk. It'd be a good way for me to figure out where this new place is, and I went for a walk, and it, the rain just, it was, one, it, we've had some torrential rains, and it just was pouring, and I was feeling, I guess, 
you know, I'd smoked a little bit for my walk, and I was listening to my music, and I was having a great time walking, and I was just, you know, it was kind of dramatic, and I was, the rain, and you know when you're walking someplace, when you're going someplace, you just feel like, I'm I'm getting there, it's a pilgrimage, I'm going to go and see this, this art show, and there's going to be some synchronicity there, and it was great, and I walked into this place, kind of corporate place, all stoned and bedraggled, and looked at these great photos that took me back in time, and then I realized... But I'm so wet, <laughs> and I'm so cold, <laughs> and that bus ride home was really rough. And I went back, went to sleep, and had fitful dreams about the '80s, and and uh, and yeah. So in all those ways, you've informed my experience of this show, JJ. As she gives me the thumbs up, how's the response been to the photographs to the exhibit? Good, really good. Yeah. <laughs> Art Scope ran a piece on it, which is cool. Um, it's been good. It's been good. It's a weird show. Did you think it was a weird show? It was, well, it was weird for me because I just, like I said, I walked into this place and it was bright lights and it was right. sort of this corporate environment and then there was a receptionist there. Right. And she looked at me weird and I was like, yeah. I'm here to see the, the the photographs and she pointed me in the right direction. She was very polite and professional. Right. Yeah. But I just sort They're of... They're awesome people. It's just, yeah. it's a weird spot because it's on the fifth floor of an office building and right. it's open to the public but you wouldn't think it was and so people are like, I went but I couldn't find it. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a really... Um, it's a really personal show. The criteria was that everybody had to be looking into the camera. So it's a very personal show, and I had a lot of fun editing it. It was really fun to work on. There was, I didn't recognize a lot of the people who, I, who are not the famous people right. who are in it. But, and I won't say the last name, but was the Tanya in it? The Tanya who went to high school with us? No, the Tanya in it was the Tanya who was in Throwing Muses. Got it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Sorry, did not pick up, didn't pick up on, everyone just looked, no big. They, everyone looked like they were in high school with us. JJ and I went yeah. to high school together. Oh, okay. They all looked like they were wearing the clothes. Well, that's because they, they were all hipsters from the 80s. <laughs> right, so. right. A lot of those pictures were taken in the 80s. You know what was cool about that area where your art show was? That was the nexus of my musical education when I moved to uh, this area, Harvard Square, between Festoons and Unas, the two used record stores. Unas was on one corner and Festoons was on the other, and then they, they triangulate perfectly with that. And that was kind of, in a way, that was part of the synchronicity for me of just being in that, because neither of those record stores were. I could. I didn't see any used record stores. It used to be all used record stores and used bookstores in Harvard Square, and you could just gain an education every weekend going through the stacks and uh but it still it felt like this nice little time travel some of those are saying this featured in rolling stone you've had a quite a career as a photographer you've had your stuff appear in a lot of major publications that maybe mm -hmm. if you're not looking at the the photo credits you you can miss it but yeah but <laughs> it was that How one that photo happen? was that one photo in rolling stone or have you were you working for Rolling Stone? No, or? I never worked for Rolling Stone. That actually, that photo, the photo of hitting birth, is the one photo that I ever had commissioned. Like they, Rolling Stone called me, "Hello, can you go take this picture?" And that's because I was living in Portland, and that's where they were. Um, most of the publications I worked for were not as quite as elite as Rolling Stone. Um, I worked a lot for uh, Rip and Cream and Thrasher magazine. Um, and then a lot of local publications and a lot of fanzines. When did you get the gig with Cream? I, all of my photographs were taken in the 80s. 
everything was in the 80s. So, like, right out of high school, you were just right into yeah. the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I hung up my hat thinking that I would walk away from it and never do it again. But Did the photography, because then, like we said on the last episode, I ran into you in Vancouver in the mid-90s, 90, early 90s, working for Heat Miser. Did the pho- photography lead to band management? or They did... sort of held hands. I was managing bands at the same time as I was taking pictures. Yeah. So it was sort of a, it was sort of a, Simultaneous. So you'd see a band, you take their pictures, and then you'd be, then you go up to them afterwards and. No, I only and... worked for a couple of bands. I didn't work for every band I met. Who were the bands you worked for? Um, well, when I was in Boston, I worked for a band called Hullabaloo for years, and um, while they were, there was always sort of an anchor band, and then I would be helping out other bands, so Slaughter Shack, The Five, some other bands in Boston, and then um, I moved to Portland to Oregon. And I worked with Heatmiser for a very long time. And while I was working with them, I worked with some other local bands there, Rollerball, um, some other bands, Bird Dog. And, um, and then I stopped. <laughs> then I stopped managing bands. And then? After a while. Then I worked for some record labels. So it's, you've been in the music, the music business, and you're still in the music business as yeah. a venue owner. Yeah. This is in your blood. You just love this. Uh, sure. You I think I think you you wear the hat that you choose, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you feel you this you chose this. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, you or showed up full me. on rock and roll with a bottle of rye in your hand and <laughs> Apparently I'm to the manor board. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And like I said, you were the one who told me at the very beginning of this. The yeah. first I told you I wanted to do this show and you the first person you said was you got to meet Steve Smith. Yeah, I'm a huge oh, really? fan. I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah. Of course. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, you were the first person I'm she said. I'm a huge said. fan. But I'm curious, what, uh, how, did, how did you come to know, to know Steve? And... Oh, goodness. Um, actually, it's really great how I know you. Do you remember? If you, It's Jamie in yeah. the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, we... Uh, it's, it's just so funny. So my husband and I visited a restaurant frequently and there was a waiter there that we really liked a favorite waiter and over time um he uh, i think we kind of got into this he introduced us to steve but i can't really remember is this a rashomon where you're telling the same story that this is the same story you told right but just from a different point of view Uh am i being being like cross witness no no i love it this is good (laughs) cross witnessed is a is a loaded term right today it is today Exactly today. Yeah, we've been yeah. talking. We we already talked about it at the beginning. Like this is going on. We're this. recording this synchronous with the hearings of the Kavanaugh and the Blasey Ford testimony, and yeah. that that is going to be traumatizing our nation for I the next think, twenty years. I think it's actually. I think this is a really important day. I think we're seeing an enormously important moment in history, yeah. and I hope it's a pivotal moment. I hope that it isn't just a, a you know a. a moment of of sense that then gets washed away in the sea of nonsense yeah yeah you know i i don't know this i i want to say my i want to always want to share overshare in the show and i just realized should i say this but i guess i'm gonna say it you're Uh, the editor yeah i am i can take it out (laughs) you can take it out my mom and it drives me crazy she has npr on all the time all the time I'll be had trying to have a conversation with her, and sometimes it's impossible because they're yapping, and I'm trying. And I, you know, and I like I listen to NPR, but but today it was off, and it was just sort of like, 
it was like my mom didn't want to be traumatized again. And it really struck me. It's big because I'm listening to it and they're saying the whole world is listening. The whole world's listening. But some people are turning it off. Or the and whole not world because, is not listening. Yeah. Intentionally not listening. Yeah. Because, I didn't listen. Yeah. Because it could. Yeah. I. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I does, does that in any way inform your question for the pop oracle, JJ? It does. I figured it might. Yeah. What you got for us? Are you ready? Yeah. Will Donald Trump go to jail? Will Donald Trump go to jail? And now to engage the pop oracle, you're going to spin the wheel of eight. Na, 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 wheel of eight. And it's song number three which is Let the Night. Let the Night. Ooh. Is it that's, now? That's an auspicious title. Good song. Steve is approaching the microphone. He is determining the fate of our nation <laughs> with his song. Well, <clears throat> okay. Let the Night. Look at yourself Going somewhere It's a beautiful thing When it feels right No, it's never too late To believe in something Open your eyes Hear what the world is saying Cause you should see How good you Look right now should see how good you look right now let the night let the night let the night let the night follow you let the night let the night let the night let the night follow you Take another deep breath Look at your reflection You're a beautiful thing And it feels right Give a little bit more Try a little bit harder Do anything And hear what the world is saying Cause you should see How good you look right now You should see how good you look right now Let the night, let the night Let the night, let the night follow you Let the night, let the night Let the night, let the night follow you And 
And that was Let the Night from Steve Smith. The answer to J.J. Gonson's question, will Donald Trump go to prison? And before we get into interpreting it, oh, I have ideas. So, uh, but Steve, what is your question? I mean, what is your question? Can you tell us a little about the so- how that uh, song came about and, you know, any uh, any background on it? It was... It was written about a <clears throat> a female friend that um, had some insecurities that, that had happened in her life, and um, she wasn't feeling, you know, in the in the best place with stuff. And I, I, I was, you know, I was thinking about her. I was looking at her and just thinking that, you know, she's she's got absolutely everything. She's you know, she's glowing, she's beautiful and, you know, she has this wonderful, you know, spirit about her that I wanted her to see that in herself and there's there's the line there, it's like, take another deep breath and look at your reflection because, you know, sometimes we, we don't see that in ourselves and, you know, that, that can be, a, you know, the, the, the chemical stuff with the brain and, and everything and I, I just imagined her going out and... Like, almost like a flamenco player there and her just losing herself in the music on the dance floor and spinning round and just having a beautiful moment in her life and um, that was that was the idea behind the song for me with it. You familiar with the concept of duende? No. It's the term that they use in flamenco for losing yourself in the passion of ah, music or yeah. dance or lovemaking or whatever. Like you're, the duende is like that moment of yeah, so exactly what you're talking about. So I have some ideas about how this might relate to the to the question. But JJ, did you have have you heard the song before? Um, I think I've heard the song. Before. <laughs> Probably not in that format. Not in that yeah. form. Yeah. yeah, I've heard yeah. a lot of songs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I'm. I, I have a I have a I have a um, I have a lot of deep relationship. With Steve's music. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's in your house quite a lot, isn't it's it? It's in my house a lot. <laughs> Sorry. It's great. Oh, stop. Please. It's well, great. It's great. I love it. Yes. And that's why, you know, yeah. I, I love Steve. I love you, Steve. And I love your music. Oh, I love you too, JJ. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> the the SS family. and the JJ are getting along just fine. Pat, pat, pat. <laughs> so, mean, a very handsome song was at Portugal the Man's backstage the other night, and he's this big strapping. You know, and I've known Oliver since he was... And he's like a, a feminist, boy. God bless him. Yeah, and he's this big, <laughs> beautiful, athletic, handsome young man that's kind and, and went and got me a... He, he went to the merch stand and actually got me a Portugal Man t-shirt. And I'm just, you know... Oh, the whole family. I'm so glad. That's so great. They it's had a great time. It's his second appearance on the show and being referenced. He was referenced as a child on the last show oh, as a yeah, member of I Ate the Cloud. He was a member of I Ate the Cloud. He and uh, uh, Mary Lou Lord's daughter had a band for, like, one show, and then they retired victorious. One, one packed show. And now he's a gigantic feminist buying T-shirts for like, the band at the Portugal Demand show. So there you go. So uh, Who knew? So uh, did you think of any ways that this song related to your... Yeah, question? actually I did. Yeah? Um what I thought of, well, first of all, what I thought of was that um, when Steve talks about, like, you should see how beautiful you are and you say it from a place of deep caring and that um, that that's something that 
I feel like has been obfuscated in the um, in the current administration that there's no there is no sensitivity towards other people and towards them encouraging them to feel good about themselves. I mean, I I shouldn't say like blanket this entire yeah. group of people is so horrible, but I'm sure there's some nice people in that administration. I don't know. Why would you all be if them. you were? Right, but um, but but I sort of thought, wow, this is so sensitive and caring about a woman, and it's so obviously caring. It's so supportive, and it is at this moment when we're feeling so we, <laughs> the female population, um, are feeling simultaneously vulnerable and empowered. I think for maybe the first time in ever, um, there's there's this sort of uh, recognition of mistreatment and um, and maybe finally a little bit of a very 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 beginning of an awareness of the um, of the horrible abuse that has been perpetrated on women for for centuries and um, to say uh, you you know you deserve this you believe in yourself you are strong you deserve to feel good about yourself is something that I feel like is sort of antithetical to what is being uh, put out into the media by the current administration. Yeah. The current administration is much more like, oh, you asked for it, or yeah. don't be ridiculous, or you're you're lying. I mean, that's the thing that I find so shocking is that um, finally, and I live in Boston, I live in a very liberal place, I understand that, but finally saying to women, you, you don't have to feel bad about having been hurt. Right. You don't have to excuse yourself for having been abused. Yeah. And there's so much hate being reflected at women right now. And so this song that is very much supportive, you know, it's saying it believe is. in yourself. And it, go, it kind of goes back to what you said earlier about your, 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 your question at the beginning. It's mm -hmm. about saying to this person, you're absolutely beautiful. I may hold your hand, but... I don't want you to feel any threat, anything weird. I'm telling you you're beautiful because you're beautiful. It doesn't go any further than that. This this is my boundaries. I want you to know and I want you to feel safe that if I pay you compliments, that it, That's just it's, it. it's coming it's, from yeah. a heartfelt place. I, there's nothing weird in this. And, you know, why shouldn't... Why shouldn't you know, women wear certain clothes or act in a certain way without the thought of, like, you know, some greasy you know man trying to you know take it further and, and that, you know that, that happens that's happened for thousands of years and that's in every walk of life where whether it's you know when you when your kids at school right the way up through the you mm -hmm. know throughout your adult life it happens and hopefully we are at a moment when you know this is a turning point for for nothing like this to or certainly for things to to change people's ideas of how they can treat women yeah there was, a, there was a couple things that came to mind. First of all, I did listen. I was listening this morning, um, I guess, because I felt like I had to. And, yeah, I just felt like I had to, to witness. And I was able to listen to uh, Christine Blasey Ford's question. Christine? Is that right? Yeah. Christine Blasey Ford's uh, testimony and then the beginning of Kavanaugh's, and then the show started, so I don't know really what he said. But what I heard from her, you could just hear, and I recognized it in so, from so many women I know, is this, there's this trembly, 
vulnerability and strength it all at once and i that what this song is saying is what i hope that the people who are around her are able to be giving her tonight and that she kind of did step up and reflect this courage that we need in this time confronting trump and not just with trump but everything he stands for and his whole administration that she's she does not come off like uh you know she she yeah. just came off as like i have to do this i don't want to do this and i just recognized the the uh the feeling tone of it and this song like again the, the this song i would love to he- see that reflected back and then it does go to this larger thing of and this what this is what i asked at the beginning of the show was like is there a place where men and women can meet each other's beyond the terror? You know, like the idea, and maybe I don't, I don't, I don't even know if it's possible for my generation. You know, maybe it's maybe for your son and for the for Mary Lou's daughter and for the kids who are coming up who maybe have, you know, just like a couple of generations of figuring this out that they're able to stand on top of. But this song does create this this hope of like of healing of of finding your strength in in things that you can do on your own breathe deep <laughs> to to give a little bit more try these are all personal things that a person can do to empower themselves and i also think and going to your question will donald trump be in prison if people are making those acts of strength in spite of what the consequences might be for them over and over and over again that is the kind of groundswell that leads to potentially Donald Trump being in prison. But like I said, the main, I'd, I'd like to see him punished. I'd like to see him off the—I just like to see him off the table. I'm a, I have a hard time. I don't really believe in punitive justice. I think people—like, I, I know that's a sort of a pie-in-the-sky way of looking at things. But I believe in—I do believe in transformative justice, like the truth and sight reconciliation that happened in South Africa, that, like, just putting— Donald Trump or Bill Cosby or these like horrible, horrible men in prison is doesn't solve the actual problem. We have to solve the problem in conversations every day. Like the pride that you have in knowing that your son is a big, strong feminist. That's the future. That's the hope. Because at any point, if if any of these women who are reporting and had an ally at that time who could have stepped up, the story would have been different. Yeah, and that is maybe our role. Like. That's more. That's where I want to be is an ally to the people who are speaking up, um, and and yeah. And so anyway, that uh, that kind of got soapboxy for a second, but but yeah, I, that that's what I that's what I felt reflected in it. And then let the night is funny just because night is also like knight in shining armor, especially because you're English and like that idea of knights and chivalry and slaying dragons. And again, maybe that is, maybe that's what we're talking that's about. That's what you guys do, you slay dragons. <laughs> I've slayed many, many dragons sure in my time. Have. You know it. Many. Well, we don't have a long history of slaying dragons in, the, in, in we're America. We're short on dragons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cherry can... trees. We got, it's a lot of tree, a lot of people chopping down trees. Chopping or down trees or trees. planting trees. There's planting trees. Do you yeah. know what he was doing, by the way? Johnny Appleseed? Yeah. Wasn't it He's he- from here. Wasn't it a hemp thing or no, no, tell no, me. No, no, he was um he was planting uh booze trees. He was planting cider trees. 
Because, I knew it was something. Because you had to drink something out there on the prairie, and the water wasn't always so good. So you made you pressed apples and drank a lot of cider, hard cider. Not exactly hydrating, was, but no. You know. <laughs> so he was um, he was he bought all this really valuable land along the would it be the Mississippi? I don't know what river he was going along the Ohio. I don't know. And a but really good publicist too. He had a great publicist, <laughs> but he bought all this really valuable land, and he went and he got free apple seeds from the from the cideries in Massachusetts, and then he went and he planted trees because every homesteader had to plant a certain number of trees. They had a requirement to homestead, so he was selling them these saplings, but they weren't edible apples. They were only cider apples. Mm. So he was actually a a booze slinger. Ah, (laughs) that makes the story better. It does. It does. Yeah, you can read all about it in Michael Pollan's book, The Botany of Desire. Oh, really? uh, I've heard many stories about things like... Yeah, it's a great book. That's all about how plants use humanity to make themselves survive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Basically, yeah. Uh, well, you're never at a loss for great stories, JJ. It's a good one. Uh, but we have to. We have we have guests coming up. So uh, so again, thank so you. Get out. No, no. Thank you for bringing the rye whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Ryan and Wood. Ryan yeah. and Wood. Ryan and Wood. Check it out. Do you, you have a it. Do you have a deal with Ryan and Wood? I do not. I wish I did. So this is totally is here? this is an, a totally unbidden. Oh, uh, Steve was like, I oh, have no, to no, drive. No, no, no. no. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. It's a good. It's, it's a good, so good. It's, we're loving the Ryan whiskey. And uh, thank you. And if you're in Boston or the or close around, check out once in Somerville. Thank you. And Absolutely. well, I. I You'll be there all the time. They, all, there's always leave. great shows. Last time we were in here, there was talk about Mary Lou Lord potentially starting a rock and roll trivia night there. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, I'm totally going to take credit for it. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's just been great getting to see you again after all these years, JJ. Thank you. You too. Thanks, JJ. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. It's a good show!